Welcome to Dermatology UK, the podcast, the podcast where we talk about all things skin. I'm Emmanuel. And I'm Ashing. And today we are going to talk about hand eczema. Now, hand eczema is thought to affect between 1 in 20 people here in the UK. So it's a huge problem for a lot of people. And both me and Ashling have worked on studies in the past that have looked into hand eczema. So we thought we could think of no one better to talk to than our very special guest today. Exactly. So that's actually where me and you met, wasn't it? In the it was many moons ago. <laughs> many moons ago. Um, yes, yeah, so we... Um, we recorded this episode actually a while back um, during COVID um, with Dr. Miriam Whitman, who I'll introduce properly in a minute. Um, but hand, we really want to talk about hand eczema because it's, it really affects a huge amount of people in the UK and it not only affects their quality of life, but just everyday, daily tasks, even from simple things like tying fun. So let's crack on with the episode and I'll introduce her. Great. Hope you enjoy. Yes, yeah, so I'm delighted to introduce Dr. Miriam Whitman. She is an Associate Professor in Inflammatory Skin Disease at the University of Leeds and the Chief Investigator of the Alpha Study, which is a UK-wide study looking to compare two treatments which are commonly prescribed for the treatment of severe chronic hand eczema. So thank you so much for joining us today. Yes, hello. Thank you for the, for the introduction. I think you you wanted a little bit of a background of where I come from. Yes, please. uh, And uh, what I've been doing. So I trained in dermatology back in Germany, as you can hear from my accent, (laughs) probably. And um, so in Germany, there is in the training, there is in general quite an emphasis on on allergy as well. So more than in the UK. And um, so I worked for 10 years in Hanover, where there was a big, uh, emphasis, you know, big focus on eczema, food allergy. Um, and then I came over to the UK because I was interested in doing a little bit more immunology, which I did at the University of Leeds in the Department of Biological Sciences. And then I thought, well, there is for the research I'm doing, so I was always interested in research, there is a bit of a lack to the clinical reality if I'm only in the lab and in the office. And um, so it was actually a a rheumatology colleague who convinced me going back into some clinical work. (laughs) And um, at some point then uh, a group was... uh, you know, the NIHR, so the research part of the NHS, were looking for somebody to, to do further research into hand eczema because it's such a problem, as mentioned. Yeah. And um, I thought I could do it. And here I am <laughs> doing the study now for a couple of years. And um, yeah, and obviously I gained over the, the last years a lot of expertise in, uh, yeah. in treating people with hand eczema and seeing different types of hand eczema. And uh, so I'm happy to talk about it today. Thank you. And that actually leads us nicely onto our first question, uh, which is quite a broad question, but what is hand eczema? Yeah, so so there is a, a lot of confusion, is it? Because uh, similar mm. words are used and yeah. uh, like hand eczema, hand dermatitis or mm. inflammation of the hands. So it's it's actually quite a broad term and it's characterised by symptoms, I would say. So if the hands get red, 
very dry, maybe in some cases very scaly, or even shows crack and broken skin. And importantly, also show itchiness. Mm -hmm. It's very likely to be eczema. If a doctor is not really sure whether it's eczema, eczema is an inflammation in the very upper part of the of the skin, in the very outmost part of the skin. So if a doctor is not really sure whether it is indeed eczema or it could be something else like psoriasis or something else, they say dermatitis, and dermatitis just means red and irritated and itchy skin <laughs> of um of unknown reasons. So, so dermatitis doesn't tell you exactly what's happening. It just says there is this reaction in the skin, which presents with symptoms of redness and perhaps broken skin. So but in, in general, hand dermatitis, hand eczema is the same thing. Ah, okay. Well, that, that's actually a really refreshing way of explaining that. <laughs> um, so you often hear then that it's been diagnosed as hand eczema. And how do you know if it's mild versus severe? So how do yeah. you categorize it? Yeah, so it often starts um, as not too severe. So you know, with mild symptoms, let's say you you use your hands a lot, you do a lot of DIY, or now in the current situation, you wash them more often than usual. And um, the first thing which may happen is that you can see your hands getting drier. So you see a bit of scaliness and the, the pattern, the line pattern of the hands, of the skin becomes more visible. And then you start in the, in the, um, between the fingers and on the wrist, perhaps on mm. the back of the hands, you start to see a little bit of redness. They start to itch a bit. If you apply creams, it may even sting a little bit. And that would all be the redness, uh, a little bit of dryness. That would be a mild symptom. Often okay. you can fix the situation in using just more moisturizer. Mm -hmm. So, um, However, if the skin is broken, and there are two ways it can break, that would then be a more severe form. So if the skin is broken, um, that can either be cuts, mm -hmm. like, um, you know, really open skin and the cuts can be very painful, mm -hmm. especially if they're on the fingertips. And another version is where people develop little blisters under the skin. They, often super itchy and people really can't stop scratching the hands and these bl blisters can then move to the surface erupt and then leave a lesion an open skin lesion the moment the skin is really so itchy that it prevents you from sleeping or from concentrating during the day on your work mm. or um that end or the skin is broken we would say that is a more severe form of handbex so you mentioned a little bit then about, uh, you know, washing your hands and, and jobs. So yeah. uh, that kind of leads me on to who gets a hand eczema. So is it, you know, are you more likely depending on your job and what you do? Yes. So there are, so there is obviously, um, some people have, have the tendency to develop dry skin and, and eczema. And this is often runs in families. So um, mm. we, we have for the last uh, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, um, a researcher in Ireland um, found that there is a difference in people with regard to the um, skin barrier. Mm -hmm. um, so if you think of the skin as a brick wall, 
and there's mortar between the bricks. Yeah. And some people lack the mortar. Okay. So, and this is called, this is referred to as filigree, and the, some people have a lack of filigree, just as a genetic background, and this can run in, in families. Mm-hmm. So, and people who have a barrier problem, you know, that the water can, can escape much more easier from the skin, they are much more likely to develop uh, hand eczema. And then people who have um, other allergies, like um, hay fever or allergic asthma, are more likely to develop that. And um, so that is kind of a genetic background or setup. So if everybody in your family has really dry skin and people in your family, other people have eczema or hay fever, you're more likely to develop it. And then the other thing is obviously exposure to irritants. So Mm. what are irritants? So water is an important one. Water, soap, washing up liquid, cleaning products. Um, It can also be if you work with, um, you know, the cement and sand. So, um, you know, abrasive things. Um, So if you have a lot, if you do a lot of manual work, that's also a little bit of a risk, even if your barrier is super, but Mm. you wash your hands all the time or you're in water all the time. So the water itself, um, so the, the skin barrier also has lipids, like oily stuff. Mm-hmm. And if this goes away with soap or water, um, you know, you're more likely to develop eczema. So, for, sorry, one more thing. Which yeah, you can. No, so, go for it, yeah. Uh, really high, really high with the, um, in our profession, you know, healthcare workers. Yes, definitely. Healthcare mm. workers wash their hands, um, disinfect their hands. And um, that's one of the one of the professions where it's really high. Another profession, um, hairdressers. Mm. Uh, in hairdressing, it's it's also a problem with that a portion of people acquire contact allergies to, to hair dyes, and you know there's some substances you're more likely to become allergic to. Hair dyes is one of them. So it can be quite difficult then to really find the root cause because there's so many. Um, causes that you've just mentioned that can actually interlink as well. Do you, well, you mentioned the filagrin there. Do, do you routinely test for that? No, we don't. We think, uh, we dermatologists think <laughs> good enough to see, we can see it, <laughs> which, I, which I'm not sure we can always do because um, yeah, the lines in your hands may be more pronounced. You know, that can be a sign of this filigrin loss of function mutation. Um, we don't routinely test. It would be good, but it's yeah. at present not in there. Okay. Not in there <laughs> it would be good to know before you choose your job, is it? Whether you have this problem or yeah. not. How risky um, it is. <laughs> I know from myself um, when I started scrubbing, my hands went to pieces. <laughs> yeah, so just coming back to the different causes. So this is yeah. the key and the big problem in hand eczema, that different causes lead to the same morphology so it looks the same whether it's um, because you wash your hands too much whether you have a real allergy like um, you're allergic to let's say an ingredient of of a cream or uh, uh, something which is in your soap Mm -hmm. or whether you have an allergy which is more like um, the, the hay fever asthma type of allergy all these different reasons all these different things can contribute to uh, the same symptom it looks the same red mm. itchy sore yeah and i think this is why we have such difficulties to be really good in treating it mm. because you can't at some point you can't see what was the initial trigger yeah 
And when and when that's a challenge, yeah, no, yeah, definitely. definitely. And when should somebody seek out their GP or a dermatologist? Yeah. So um, I think um, if you if you really have if you feel like your your eczema, so you have a red and itchy skin, you may have broken skin. Yeah. So the first step is to ask the GP for help. Mm-hmm. And um, so the GP may say, "Oh, a moisturizing cream is 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 good at this point. Mm-hmm. Try to use it on a regular basis. Try to avoid soap so too much and use a soap substitute. You protect your hands when you when you wash up or when you clean the house with gloves." Um, and that could be sufficient in a number of cases, but mm-hmm. often the GP, by the time you go to the GP, you often have a little bit more soreness already. Yeah. And they may give you a steroid cream. So a steroid cream is fine and can really help you to solve the problem. So, um, if you, if, if the, the eczema gets better with it, so you should try it for up to four weeks. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But if after that time, and you have used the steroid cream, there is no improvement, then there need to be the next step, really. There need to be a decision. We have to, we have to go further. And one step is to do a patch test to see whether something in your environment, what you touch every day, where you come in contact with, could it be that you have developed an allergy to it? And the thing is, you can at any time in your life, all of a sudden become allergic to something. You know, let's, let's take lanoline. You, you were fine 35 years and, and 50 days, and on 35 days and 51st day, all of a sudden you develop an allergy. And it can happen, yeah? So yeah. people yeah. say, oh, I've, I've always had this cream. It can't be this one. So it's possible, yeah? The problem is once your skin is broken, when you, once your barrier is broken, you're a little bit more likely to develop a contact allergy. And mm-hmm. that should be tested. So you need then a referral to the to the dermatology department, and they do a patch test, which is done on the back. Yeah. And um, and then also in the dermatology department, if they find it's not the contact allergy, but you have severe eczema, not responding, not being controlled with creams from the GP with steroid creams, then you know you have to enter the next step of treatment possibilities. You briefly mentioned la- lanolin. You said that it's found in a in a moisturizer, is it? Yes, it's oh. in some moisturizers. that have the lanolin, yeah. Okay. And, and I, that's quite I wouldn't common. say per se it's not. You know, there's something in anything. You know, there are stabilizers. There are things which which prevent uh, creams or household products to go off. Um, so, you, you know, you can become allergic to all kind of things. So. You know, you wouldn't ban everything. You can't ban everything. Yeah. Yeah. We have a list of what are the most common contact allergens. And there is um, an attempt to reduce the ones which we know are the, the key culprits of contact allergies. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, we have managed to get, have less nickel, which is a quite strong contact allergy. Yes. Or yeah. to, to ban nickel from like the normal is a um how do you call that the cheaper jewelry yeah, oh, yeah. so yes. normally yeah. nowadays <laughs> there is no nickel in it anymore but it used to be like uh, 20 years ago there was nickel in everything yeah. yeah um and and this is done worldwide that that dermatologists watch out for what is a, a, a big cause for contact allergies and they try to work uh with industry and with with uh government bodies to reduce 
um, to reduce them. Difficult sometimes, but yeah. Yeah, yeah no, mm. definitely. And we will, um, we hope to do a, another episode purely on contact allergies and, and patch testing to explain how, I suppose, the process of when, yeah. when a patient comes in, yeah. what they actually experience. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah. That's great because there is a lot of confusion even between GPs sometimes what exactly can be tested and how it exactly. works. Exactly. And what, what is helps. tested. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So, should we move on to talk about second line treatments now for? And yes. So I, I mentioned that. So the mainstay of 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 treatment is it's mm. always uh, to keep your hands moisturized and avoid um, irritants. Mm. So irritants. I mentioned that water, soap, cleaning products. So that you keep doing that in all stages of eczema. <laughs> um, and so if the steroid creams stop working for you so if you can't see a benefit you still have itch you have difficulties to find sleep um, so then in dermatology we have a range of other treatment options and um, the ones we use most often is either phototherapy so you apply a special type of uv light treatment to the hands mm -hmm. you can also apply that to the feet some people have hand and feet eczema at the same time um, so that's one way. So you have to do that. You have to come to the department then twice a week for 12, for six to 12 weeks or something like this. And uh, many people get um, have, a, have a very positive um, outcome of this. The itch may stop and then they, they get stabilized. Um, nobody can really tell you how long these treatments work. But yeah, okay. so phototherapy is one which is done very often on, and uh, as a first line treatment for, for severe hand eczema. The second one, um, which is first line and which is licensed for hand eczema is a tablet mm -hmm. called alitretinine. Um, and that tablet is, um, is from the group of vitamin A type tablets. So it's not exactly the same as in carrots, but <laughs> from the same family as vitamin A in carrots. <laughs> Um, and that um, has several actions, but one of the actions is to help also the repair processes in the in the skin. Okay. So some people do very well on on that tablet, but not everybody. So we have at present not one treatment which helps absolutely every person with hand eczema, and sometimes you have to try one, the second, the third. So if none of these two works uh, there are immunomodulators so tablets which are also used to treat rheumatoid arthritis or psoriasis mm -hmm. and some of them also work um, like metotrexate cyclosporin they also work in in hand eczema but that's definitely done in secondary care so the gps don't want to prescribe these tablets they need monitoring and blood tests, etc. But they can be extremely helpful for people who have really suffered from a very, from a quite severe form of hand eczema. And do you find that, we'll say PUVA, which you've mentioned, and allotretinone, yeah. do they work sufficiently well in the vast majority of patients that you don't need to go on to these immunomodulators? Yeah, so we find... Um, so, so that one of the problems in our health system is sometimes time. Is it time yeah. to really find out what are trigger factors um, to explain really what is the best way to protect your hands, what uh, to figure out which which moisturizer cream and which creams may work best. Uh, some people, um, you know, sometimes you have to do a little bit of a search around, you know, what 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 works best for this patient, because it's often a very individualized treatment. Not every patient is the same. Yeah. So so 
uh, in the, um, you know, we, I think I mentioned right at the beginning that we're doing a big uh, trial on Handexima. So um, we find in our setup, where we have a bit of time and uh, where, we, where we look at, um, you know, what happens after the treatment that quite, uh, you know, most people will respond to something, but we can't predict at this moment which is the best treatment for which patient mm -hmm. before we start treating. So we have to go, we have to try one and then try the next and then try the next. Yeah. Yes. But yeah. yes, I, I agree that there is a proportion of people. So some people will be fine after the treatment, have a good period, mm -hmm. um, but may, but will have to keep watching their hands, you know, protecting from irritants. Okay. Um, and some other people unfortunately get the next flare up and then, however, they need an, another course of treatment. So, And does, uh, are there any considerations when you're looking at PUVA or allotretinoin, are there considerations yeah. like risk of pregnancy and things you would consider before prescribing or going down a treatment route? Yes, yes. So, um, so just to, to briefly put it in context, so there, there, there is a, a study we're doing, we compare these two treatments, and this is called the alpha trial. Mm -hmm. And we have chosen these two treatments because they're first line treatments. So we did, you know, we asked people in the UK, what would you use in dermatology to treat a severe hand eczema? And these mm -hmm. two treatments are, uh, you know, the most commonly used ones. And um, so with alitretinine, with the vitamin A type tablets, the problem is that you must not become pregnant while you're on the tablet. Yeah? yeah, for the yeah. time you take it, you must not become pregnant. And if that is a problem with somebody is really keen on family planning, etc., you you wouldn't give that. You can't give it to somebody with a peanut allergy, a peanut or soya allergy, because there's some oil in the tablet, and you can't. Oh, right, uh, okay. You know, then you can't take that. Um, and um, one of the potential problems is that sometimes people get a bit more dry skin outside hands and feet, but usually can manage that. Um, with Poover therapy, it's uh, for, for many people, it's a time commitment because in order for it to work really well, you have to come twice a week in the department. Yeah. And that's that's quite a commitment. It's, it's difficult with work. At present, it doesn't work at all because we have, you know, in the lockdown, we yes. had no yeah. treatment. Yeah. Um, and now we have to, to watch out for social distancing. So the slots mm -hmm. are more difficult to get. Um, yeah, if somebody has had uh, skin cancer on the hands, we wouldn't do UV light, but it's quite rare to have it there. So that, that would be a contraindication. But most people tell us that time commitment is difficult for them. You know, yeah. but that's, a, that's the main reason people don't want to do PUVA. And so, so PUVA is a special type of UV uh, yeah. where the ultraviolet light, the UV light, um, has a chance to go a little, to reach the deeper parts of the skin because the, the skin and the hands and feet is so thick mm. yeah. that the normal UV treatment we have for eczema on the body uh, is not efficient enough. So we, we do a special, you know, we, we make the skin a bit more sensitive to the UV for it to go a bit deeper. And that's either by a tablet, isn't it? A Sarlan tablet or soaking your hands, isn't it, in the yes. Sarlan? Yes, there are two possibilities and there are different preferences in different mm -hmm. centers. Um, so what we what we do in, in the in the trial we be doing, which is uh, supported by the NIHR, the research part of the NHS, that's a soak. So you come soak, soak your okay. hands, let it dry and then have the UV. So 
you know, the time at the department is, is more than half an hour, uh, up to an hour. So that's a commitment. Yeah. It is a commitment. Yeah. And then with the allotretinol in it, it is one tablet a day, isn't it? For how many weeks did you say? Yeah, so so there are um, nice guidance at present for, you know, clear guidance of how to give the allotretinine okay. because yep. it can be a bit slow. They say initially give it for 12 weeks. You take one tablet a day and after 12 weeks, um, if you had no response, you have to stop. Okay. If your hands are super, if there's no eczema <laughs> left, you have to stop as well. Okay. And if you had a partial response, if hand got a bit better, but not not really fully better, you can yeah. do another 12 weeks. So oh. that's the current guidelines. Um, I think we will see some, you know, with the information we collecting, I think we may see at some point some, some uh, change there, but it's <laughs> early days. So we have not even analyzed all, all Your our data. data. Yes. <laughs> But the, the purpose of either treatment really is to kind of get the hand eczema very well controlled that hopefully yeah. you've kind of put it in, re would you say remission or just, just controlled? Yeah, so that's a big thing. So there's almost no study and no investigation about long term. Yeah. So all the research on hand eczema, which has been done in the past, was very short, 12 weeks or so. Mm -hmm. And people who have had it for 20 years or 15 years, and that's many of our patients, they really want a long term perspective is yeah, it yeah. um so so we have so, so that that's one of the reasons why we also looked at the longer term um what we know so the interesting part i want to mention is that we have learned from other disciplines rheumatology etc that um this the, the tissues the skin remember things so at some point oh. eczema people react to everything if the skin is really sore they will react to, you know, too much moisturizer, not enough moisturizer, hot water, cold water, sweating, <laughs> gloves or non-gloves, everything. People tell you everything makes them sore and it's everything stings. And um, so you have to calm down that situation. And mm -hmm. then you're still very prone, even if you have initially received better, better skin, you're very prone to still react to all kinds of triggers. And I think that you have to have a good situation of your skin at least half a year before you go back to a bit of more normal skin where the, where the skin stops remembering oh god everything is terrible and i react mm -hmm. i better react to it to fight it off yeah? yeah and um so we have not done research on this in in dermatology rheumatology knows there is a window of opportunity where you best treat so they treat very early and then they say we have to get things under control for at least half a year year and then we can stop the treatment and see whether we keep it and this is what you mentioned with remission yeah whether we have minimal a disease activity or remission mm. nobody has done this research in dermatology oh. yet and you see there we are we have to do that research. <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly so we have to we have to do more investigations there <laughs> and with the with the alpha study so because of obviously COVID times are you still recruiting at the moment Yes, so we, so Alpha, um, obviously with a lockdown, we couldn't, we couldn't continue recruiting because, um, yeah, because Puva, Puva departments were closed yeah, and exactly, we couldn't yeah. get the patients into the hospital and for blood tests before the tablet and, and yeah. to see, you know, to see them. So we're now restarting. So um, we hope that we can recruit as a, um, uh, up, 
you know, another 30, 40 patients up to um, until December yeah. to reach our aim of, of, of the study to get meaningful results. Um, mm, so we need a yeah. certain number of people to get meaningful results. There's centres across the UK, 20 centres. So we have Dundee, London, Leeds, uh, Bradford. Uh, so they're, they're across the UK. And um, yeah, we, we hope that um, things go back to a little bit more normal with regard yes. to being able to treat people with Sundex. Absolutely. Mm. And um, so if anybody is interested to get in touch um, so that um, the, the trial is called the Alpha trial and uh, the clinical trials unit in Leeds um, manages the study. Mm -hmm. So this is CTRU, clinical trials unit Leeds. And if, if you Google Leeds uh, Alpha eczema, you find the website. Yeah, no, it's, it's good, actually. I, I had a I had a look before you before you came on and you've a really nice uh, seven minute video, which really explains it. It's yeah. um, it's very really good. Well. Yeah. Yes, yes, it explains. Uh, and um, so we expect that with with a whole hand washing with COVID, etc, that there are quite, uh, there are quite a lot of people who um, developed from from the stage where you just have a little bit of mild eczema because of hand washing and using the soaps and the alcohol gel, who then developed, unfortunately, a more chronic and severe mm. situation, which they can't uh, manage with creams anymore. Because there's always a certain percentage of people who move on to develop this type of chronic hand eczema, and uh, which you not, you don't fully understand why some people go this pathway and others, um, you know, use a bit of cream more regularly and heal up again. So, um, yeah, we don't know. Yeah, so perhaps one thing I can mention, which may be interested to people listening to this, is mm -hmm. um, what what should you do with hand washing in COVID times? Uh, because yes, government definitely. still yeah. recommends. And um, so there is a really good uh, a little video also from, from Howell Williams from Nottingham. So eczema Nottingham COVID or Corona. And he explains that uh, his recommendation would be to still follow the government's guidelines to use soap and water okay. because it kills, it kills the virus best. Right. But after that, if you um, if you if you have dry skin, you should then use a moisturizer or soap substitute and uh, and and keep moisturizing your hand and protecting it. And then I would think the discussions we have as patients, as many say, oh, the alcohol gel is really the, the biggest thing, mm. the biggest image for me. And I think you yeah, always have to think about the situation where you're in. If you're at home, you probably don't need the alcohol gel and you probably don't need the soap so much, you know, if mm -hmm. you're mainly around home and garden, etc. And um, so you can, uh, but however, when you went shopping or when you had the, the feeling, oh, I could have been exposed to the virus um, that may then be the situation where you use it um, but yeah have a think about is it really necessary now to do both the soap and the alcohol and you know because you may not need it like a zillion times a day <laughs> yeah uh, but it's it's difficult is it it's it difficult is, yeah. there is some idea that some of the soap substitutes may have antiviral activity but it's not fully proved because they're conflicting data um, so there was some data saying that dermal the chlorhexidine uh, may kill it and others say we're not sure so yeah. it's difficult to say but the soap is absolutely sure it will kill it 
Can I ask a quick question about uh, further treatment? Do you know of any biologics such as dupilumab in the use of hand eczema treatment? Have you heard of that? Yeah, so dupilumab is used um, at present for atopic eczema. So this is the okay. eczema which you get um, often on the body, in the, um, in the flexures of the arms and, and also, um, you know, can be everywhere on the body, which is associated with being allergic to pollen, house dust mites, uh, dog cats, which often affects people who also have uh, hay fever or asthma or who have somebody in the family who has that or food allergies. Mm. And um, so this is a, a, an allergic pathway and the dupilumab, which is an injection um, or given by injection, mm -hmm. um, that blocks this allergic pathway. And there has not been a big study on Handexima and Dupiloma, but a lot of case reports. Okay. So if the reason for your Handexima is this tendency to, do, to react to pollen, house dust mite, and environmental mm -hmm. substances, which are harmless yeah, in an yeah. allergic way, um, then it may be very helpful. Um, the problem is, and now we come back to what we said at the very beginning of the interview, yeah. that we can't see once a patient comes and has bad hand eczema, yeah, red, itchy, sore hands, we can't see what is the reason. Yeah. So we definitely, definitely have to become better in diagnosing what is the reason for this hand eczema. And I think there will be a challenge for GPs and also for dermatologists. Because as our treatment gets more spe specific, you know, this is only for the, the you know, treatment more for the irritant eczema, yeah. one for, more for the ones which started as contact allergy, and then another one for the atopic, atopic allergic eczema. Um, so we may see more specialized different treatments, so our diagnostic has to become better. True. So dipulimab, I think, will work, but only mm. for subgroup, for a smaller yeah. subgroup of people with hand eczema. And um, so we will see what the future studies bring. I think they're planning already uh, the next study on that. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I just wanted to say one thing for the people who are who are a little bit into following COVID and and yeah. uh, uh, um, and. So one of the questions perhaps is what happens when I have broken skin. So if I have fissures mm. um, or these blisters, which which uh, which uh, which become sore, etc., um, am I more likely to get um, get infected with COVID? And there was actually some papers which suggested, oh, you could even get COVID over the skin. Ooh. Because the receptor for COVID, the ACE2 receptor, so the receptor for COVID is on, on the blood vessels in the skin and on skin cells. So that was a discussion which went on in the in the dermatology literature. But um, so I had a long discussion with our um, he leads this virologist and uh, Clive McKinney, who is specialized into viruses which enter the body via the skin. And it's extremely unlikely. So it won't okay. it won't go Good. in the blood via the skin. The problem is, as we know, as we heard from, from all the information about COVID, if you touch your nose, your mouth, um, the eyes, mm. this is then how the virus can go from the hands into the respiratory tract. Mm. Yeah, but, but don't be super, you know, it won't get into the skin that you have broken skin. Um, so that's very unlikely, we think. 
Oh, no, that's good. Thank you for that. We just need to keep washing our hands. Yeah, I'm sure you put a lot of people's <laughs> mind at ease with that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and, yeah. and the word fissures there. And that, to explain what that is, that's the splits or the cracks in your in your skin. Yes, yeah. yes. So it's, it's a crack. And I think one of the other things which sometimes comes up is that there is also the word, you know, we have all these crazy words in there. <laughs> There's a word pomphilex, so, yes. uh, which is also a type of hand eczema, but it comes with bigger blisters. So instead of having very, very small little blisters under the skin, people can sometimes develop really that fluid accumulates and you can get really big blisters and that's referred to as pomphilex uh, and it's also basically hand dermatitis or hand eczema yeah yeah and fissures is a is a crack it's a crack and they, the problem is that they're often so difficult to heal mm. and um, they're painful uh, one of the things which GPs sometimes don't know where I may mention here is there is a tape to um, to help these fissures, to help uh, these fissures to heal. And uh, it's called a fludroxicotril tape. The former name was Helan tape. Yeah. And you can put it on overnight and help the healing of these fissures or cracks, which which really can cause uh, a big problem. People can't use their hands. They can't, you know, close their bottoms uh, or do everyday tasks. Yeah. Um, so, um, so that's one of the possibilities. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so one of the one of the things perhaps is um, the last thing to mention um, with the different creams. Is it's it's very confusing, and some patients have like twenty different creams at home. Um, it's worth checking which moisturizer could be the best for you. Yeah. Sometimes uh, you have to try different ones. Uh, we feel it's very important to use them on a regular basis if you have dry skin. And GPs, I feel GPs tend to give very greasy moisturizers mm -hmm. and they're not necessarily better. So my experience is that many people think, oh, I have to use this, this greasy stuff, but they don't like it. It doesn't, it, it doesn't work on the workplace and that they may not use it, etc. I would say all the more modern moisturizers, uh, they use less of this skin sealing um paraffin type mm -hmm. uh, uh, greasy stuff and they use different principles like the principle of oats to keep water in the principle of um of some other ingredients to stop the water loss from the skin and so creams moisturizers don't need to be greasy to work often it's better not to use the too greasy ones some people like greasy so it's different for patient to patient so you try try different ones no definitely and as you said time of day like if you if you're going to bed or you're in in your pajamas at home you know you don't mind having a lot of grease on your hands but when you're rushing out the door definitely, you need it to yeah. soak in you know be nice and quick and you were mentioning earlier about the hydromol intensive wasn't it with the yes we were talking about some good creams out there uh but like you said it's all about what works best for the patient and what fits into your schedule yes and you know um some people are happy so there are a number of 
uh, soap uh, substitutes around, which can also be used as moisturizers. Some people really don't dislike, strongly dislike creaming, <laughs> yeah, which I can understand sometimes, but you can, for some people, it's sufficient to use one of these soap substitutes and in the evening, perhaps wash, you know, wash the hands with that one. And then it doesn't feel like you put tons of very heavy cream on your hands and have to use gloves overnight. But it really depends. So some people are fine in soaking the hands in. A, so you can some of them of the moisturizers you can put in a lukewarm or warm water, soak your hands in it for 10, 15 minutes. So it goes really quite nicely into the deeper layers of the skin. Mm. And then that can be your your treatment for the dry skin. Yeah, so they're different possible. The main thing is to use it. So if you have yeah. a skin you don't like, or you don't like <laughs> the smell of, or, uh, you know, it's no, it's not good to, to have it in the cupboard. So you need to find something you like. <laughs> well, you summarised it nicely then. Yeah. We were going to say what's your take home message, but I think it's pretty clear. <laughs> moisturise, moisturise. <laughs> yeah, yeah, to prevent it. And then, yes. I mean, then the other thing, my my experience is, if your hands are really bad mm -hmm. and you feel the creams are not helping anymore, insist with your GP that there is, a, uh, you know, there are additional treatments above and beyond moisturizing. Yeah. And then insist that you want to see a dermatologist to get uh, uh, on the next treatment level. <laughs> and I know that some people are frustrated because their hands, the hand eczema can come in waves. And the mm. moment they're at the GP, obviously it's a good day and yeah. the GP says, Typical. oh, it's not so bad, is it? <laughs> yes. So you have to, you know, take photos, document it a little bit and, and make the case of, I really can't live with this anymore. It's, it's impairing my quality of life. I can't find sleep. I can't function. I really want a referral. And I think this is a justified request if, if you feel your quality of life is not good because of your hands. Definitely. Definitely, completely agree. Yeah, oh, no, right. thank yes. you so much. Yes. Honestly, Perhaps, I think that was I, really... Because I have such a big interest in our study being successful and delivering good research results for uh, better treatment uh, in the future for the hand eczema, I may repeat that it's called the Alpha Study <laughs> and, uh, and that you can find uh, more information if you Google Alpha Eczema Leads or Clinical Trials Unit Leads and then you find information on it. Well, thank you very much for your time. Yeah, Fantastic. thank you very much. All right, bye. bye. Well, that was a fantastic in-depth uh, conversation there. Uh, Ashley, where can they find out more about that? Yes, definitely. So if you want to find out more about the Alpha Study, um, just type into Google ctru.leads.ac.uk slash alpha. And if you want to find out more about Dermatology UK, the podcast and other skin conditions that we have um, looked into, head on over to our social media account on Instagram or Facebook. Absolutely. And until next time, guys, bye. Bye.